Hi, and welcome to Melements. My name is Melinda, and this is where I discuss all the elements of my crazy life. Sit back and buckle up. Who knows where we're going today? Hi, and welcome to my first episode. Today I'm tackling a big topic. Um, Veganism, as in ethical veganism, or plant-based lifestyle, what are they? Are they the same thing? And why? You know, why why would we do this? So, I actually had an hour and a half conversation with my sister, who is an ethical vegan, and I can't get the the call to come through so I guess it's just it's just me so the the main difference between veganism and plant-based veganism is an ethical movement it is do no harm there is no use of animal products in clothing and food um even in like using such things like palm oil because it is really causing destruction for like the forest where orangutans live. It's really just being very conscious about where you are getting your sources of nutrition and where your money is going and what you are supporting. Um, whole food plant-based is specifically health-oriented it is no processed foods, no oils, just whole food plants. And whole food plant-based has kind of been brought to society's awareness through certain documentaries like What the Health and Forks Over Knives. And we see a lot of data where, you know, cardiovascular disease is eradicated, I guess, you know, coronary artery disease is reversed. Some cases of type two diabetes is, if not completely reversed, it has been reduced to just a few, um, a few, there were a whole bunch and that is from removing the fats and the meats and whatever from the diet and just having your body get used to whole food plants and heal itself. Um, that's more where I started more from the health aspect and just wanting to make myself as healthy as possible and eat as clean as possible. And that's actually how my sister got started too because after I saw What the Health, I called her and asked her to watch it. And she had been on a paleo-type diet, losing weight, and had been very successful for a year. And I was like, gosh, Rebecca, you've got to watch this. Well, after watching it, she completely like, nope, I am a vegan. I am not touching any of it. It wasn't about, not that she didn't get into it for health, but it wasn't so much about health for her. It was about the ethics of it. Like she was just not at all going to contribute to the industry. That causes so much harm and not just so much harm on, you know, in terms of animal abuse and what goes on in the factory farms and whatever, which is 
horrible there are many documentaries that you can get into that will watch. I think Earthlings is one that Earthlings and then there's another one. But anyway, that's a that's a big one that you can go and watch and really get a full grasp of what's going on inside. And it's hard to know what goes on inside because there are ag gag laws as of now that if people that work in the industry will be prosecuted and charged with, you know, terrorism for causing any risk of damage to profits from any of these big businesses. So, you know, there's a new law now that, uh, it's a federal crime to be abusive to animals. And I just wonder who's regulating that when the federal government is subsidizing these factory farms in which you're not even allowed to go in and take pictures because it's so bad. So anyway, moving on. Um, a lot of, I guess, Plant-based is more for health. Veganism is more for philosophy. Uh, I I had talked to Dr. Gallenstein a few weeks ago to Plant-Based Potluck and asked how it was going because he promotes a whole food plant-based diet. And, and he just said simply it's a hard sell. And I find that very disturbing. In You know, Kentucky is the number one state for cancer occurrences. And so much of it is tied back to dietary and it, I find it um, maddening that people are okay with six, seven, eight prescriptions and side effects thereof. But, oh no, don't tell them to put down the chicken wings. You know, you tell them to take away the animal products and everybody freaks out like you're a mad person. And it's... It's kind of a touchy topic because you want to help people and you want to introduce it, but you're looked at like either a crazy PETA person or or a food Nazi, like my sister said. I mean, you just feel like, you know, you're just running at somebody just trying to take, you know, smack the food right out of their hand or whatever. And that's not the point. We've all been there. We've all eaten food. We've all been like sad not to have fried chicken and gravy anymore, you know, because it does taste good. It is part of our culture here. But one must ask yourself if we're like the fattest country, and this might be the first generation to not outlive their parents, whether that be the drug epidemic, whether that be our dietary epidemic, there's so much obesity, children that are diabetic before they're, you know, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-old children. And it's just the diet, the standard American diet, the abbreviation is sad and that is fitting. It is a very sad diet. Um, part of the reason that people are so, have this death grip on how we've eaten not only, you know, culture and barbecues and turkeys and Christmas and, you know, all those things. It's like every big American holiday that we partake in, it's usually surrounding food. I mean, you know, 
just think about the spreads with the Super Bowl and whatever. I mean, it is all fatty, meaty foods. It is so ingrained in our culture. And it is so ingrained in our advertising because the government subsidizes these factory farms. And and then they push. They'll give money for advertisements, whether it be for cheese, whether it be for meat, you know. A lot of these things are highlighted in, in the documentary, What the Health. You know, Susan G. Coleman is tied with YoPlay for breast cancer awareness. And there's a lot of issues with the, with the Susan G. Coleman. You can look that up as well as far as what they're, they've kind of got some unethical practices. But, you know, dairy is considered to be... Uh, a, a contributor to cancer, especially hormone-based cancers like breast cancer. You know, it is hormonal. It is full of sex hormones because it's estrogen-rich and whatever because obviously it's produced for reproductive purposes to feed that calf. So you're consuming all that and often concentrated in the form of cheese and then people are wondering why they're so sick. Well, you know, cheese on cheese on cheese, which is, again, the dairy is subsidized. It's pushed by the government. And then you just kind of have to wonder. You can go really far down that conspiracy theory hole. But if the government is subsidizing Big Farm and the government's subsidizing, you know, the dairy industry and the meat industry... And the food is keeping everyone fat and sick and on pharmaceuticals. It's like, is it really a conspiracy or is that just the fact of what's going on? And a whole lot of people stand to lose a whole lot of money if people, you know, hit the skids and say, no, no, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, you know, we have a lot of cultural, emotional feelings about Farmers, small farm, mom and pop, you know, the chickens running around, mom's out, you know, with her little apron and there's corn seed in there and you just see her like reaching in and grabbing the corn and throwing it out for the chickens and this picturesque image and, you know, dad's out milking the cows, you know, all these people, especially in this area, have that emotional, just like rural farmer pride you know there's a lot of ffa around here i was an ffa myself so there's a whole lot of, and they feel like it's a personal attack even though you could still farm and raise the food to feed people rather than raise the animals to be killed to feed people you know so there's doesn't mean you have to stop farming if that's what you love because people still need farmers but the thing is, is that the majority of where our meat and dairy comes from is not from mom and pop farmer. It's not from the little picturesque farms that we see in the books or, you know, driving down the road. That has since passed long, long ago. Uh, my children's dad said that their, his father stopped farming when when they came to pick up his milk and they dumped it in his ditch because they were trying to control prices. So here he spent all this time and they, they basically, the government owned his milk 
and they just dumped it right in the ditch. And so he quit. He said he wasn't going to do all that work to produce milk just to have it dumped down the drain. And that is what's happening in the country. It's all going to big corporations and they don't care about health. They care about the revenue and they care about people getting hooked on it. They, they profit off of overeating and overindulgence and then big farm and the medical community and whatever they profit off of the illness that comes from that. And it is, it is an ongoing, just like a, a skipping broken record, whatever the analogy you want to use that we, we can stop. You know, we have the power to stop it. It's just, acknowledging the situation and wanting to do it. Um, there is a lot of negativity associated with veganism as being extremist. There is a lot of negativity associated with the whole food plant-based because people find it very restrictive. And it is to a degree. But part of that is because, unfortunately, people that are very passionate in the movement can be very abrasive on both sides. I don't identify myself as a plant-based vegan, even though that is what my, that's what I work towards. That's what my goal is. That's what I'm transitioning into because I've been attacked from the plant-based community for occasionally eating oil. I have been attacked by the vegan uh, movement because I don't believe in feeding my animals things that aren't biologically appropriate for them. So I would never call myself a vegan because I do own dogs, do have cats, and I do feel like biologically they need a meat-based diet. I do not feel in any way, shape, or form that people are designed or benefit from eating meat. I think that it was a necessary evil, especially in specific types of the world, where it may be not necessarily evil. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But we don't have to consume it anymore. We have refrigerators. We have canning. We have access to produce all year round. And it is pretty much undisputedly been proven that that's the healthiest way to live. We don't have any reason. Like, it's not like we're living in the woods in the middle of the winter and all there is is a buffalo to take down to eat and feed our family for a few months. You know, it's not, that's not how it is anymore. So some of the benefits to adopting a plant-based lifestyle is that your health is going to improve if you're eating plant-based. Now, the big argument with the fake meats and the Whoppers and the or the Impossible Whopper or whatever, they say that it's not healthy and veganism isn't healthy and look at all the chemicals they're eating. But let's be real. That is, that is a Whopper from Burger King. Nobody goes to Burger King to eat health food. So they're only pointing a finger at the people that are eating plant-based burger even though there's four fingers pointing back at them for ingesting that big old greasy pile of 
animal flesh, you know, that's cool. That's healthy. But your pea protein burger has some chemicals in it. So, you know, plant-based people are crazy and they are all unhealthy. And that's just, I'm not even sure what type of fallacy argument that is. I should have paid more attention in conservation biology to that section. But I'm kind of getting off on a tangent. Hope I can figure out how to edit this later. Hmm. Okay, so the benefits to veganism include your health, provided that you are eating a whole food plant-based lifestyle. It is the healthiest diet. It is the most sustainable It is the only diet to reverse coronary artery disease. And so there's that. That's huge. Even if you didn't care about any of the rest of it, that's huge. But not only that, our environment, our our climate, we cannot sustain the amount of meat that is suddenly being demanded. People are consuming too much of it when they should be consuming none of it. And there's more and more people and they're mowing down our rainforest to raise cattle from Brazil. And, you know, it's just, it's, we have all this farmland reserved to grow crops to feed said cattle when we could just eliminate the livestock raising and grow food to feed us, there is no excuse with the amount. There should be no such thing as world hunger at all. And what we could contribute for far less resources and cost in growing plant foods. I mean, what we should be way more than able to provide for ourselves and then send stuff to other people that don't have such, you know, maybe we have a lot of, of land that does very well at growing crops. I'm trying to find the right words to say. And some other places are more desert-oriented, like overseas and whatnot, where there's a lot of famine and, and hunger crisis and whatever. But my point is, is that we waste a whole lot of land for grazing the cattle and then more land if the cattle get grazed. Most factory farm cattle don't get grazed. They're, in, they're inside. But there are some that are grazed. So not only are we utilizing space for the cattle to be outside but we're also acres and acres and acres of land to grow the food that feeds so we could be correcting a lot of things with our environment just by eliminating the factory farming industry we could be eliminating a lot of health problems diabetes heart disease cancers i mean just by giving our body the nutrients and the food that it was designed to 
I mean, consume. And then I say that designed, whether you're a creationist, whether or not evolutionist, it really doesn't matter. Um, you just have to take a second and think about the logistics. If you look at a lion, they are completely equipped to take down a gazelle or whatever it is, probably, I guess a gazelle, whatever it is they hunt those deer creatures, you know, they run out, they've, they're, they've got the speed, they've got the claws, they take the thing down, they kill it, they eat it right there, nobody's grossed out, you know, nobody has to cook anything, and then you take a human being that we aren't physically capable of killing anything with our bare hands and teeth, like, I mean, maybe a domestic animal, but if you take us out, drop us in the middle of the woods, we're eating nuts and berries or crap that we find, you know? I mean, we can't catch a fish with our bare hands. We can't, we can't kill a deer or catch a rabbit. What other biological creature has to have weapons to feed themselves and then bunches of cooking apparatuses and all these processes to make it so that they don't get sick eating it. That is absurd. Like, however, our hands are perfectly designed to pick fruit. Our teeth are perfectly designed to eat the fruit and nobody gets sick from doing so without cooking, you know, so it just doesn't make sense. Like I saw some quote that we didn't have to evolve to be able to hunt deer because the gun was invented. I'm like, that's not how that works. That is not how that works. Our intestines are much longer and that is so that we have time to absorb the nutrients as we digest the food. Whereas carnivores and true omnivores have much shorter intestines so that the food doesn't stay in, the meat doesn't stay in and ferment and cause disease and inflammation. And it does with us. So we just weren't, we weren't a creature that should be consuming meat. Definitely not consuming meat at the level that we are. We're destroying our environment. We're destroying our health. And we're brutally torturing I mean, just mass amounts of animals. And with a society that loves animals as much as it does right now, I, I really don't understand how they get behind what's going on and what they're contributing to and what's going on their plate. Um, so I guess this first podcast, there was a lot more discussion with my with my sister, basically just kind of going back and forth about culture and consumerism and what ads do to persuade you. And I guess I just invite people to watch Cowspiracy and then What the Health and Forks Over Knives, Plant Pure Nation, and Game Changers. And the fascinating thing about Game Changers is, is it finally addresses not only a plant-based lifestyle and athleticism, but it totally takes down the weird gender shaming thing that happens when men are, I mean, they call them soy boys. Their comments about their sexuality, you know, their orientation, if they don't eat meat, like 
to be a man, you got to take down a cow and just rip it apart and just, you know, eat it in the middle of the field or something. Drink its blood. I don't know what to, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's like if you don't eat or eat that meat or hunt or whatever, it's like, I think you're just looked at as less of a dude, especially in this area, just watching people talk about it. I mean, my brother at Thanksgiving dinner was just bragging about blasting the femurs on on this deer that he hunted and everybody's just like oh you know I'm I'm just sitting there at the table just wondering how anyone can be so disconnected that they just ripped a life right out so they could have bragging rights and 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 eat some eat some flesh I mean it sounds like a good time so Anyway, I guess there's a whole lot of positive reasons to not consume meat. And I really don't know any positive reasons to continue to consume meat. Like when you take into effect your health, when you take into account the ethical treatment of, of other sentient beings, when you take into account our environment, I really don't see where... I don't care what it's become very political that I don't know. It's, it's become a very political argument as well, but I just don't know. And maybe in the comments, someone can tell me the justification, but I just don't know what the reasoning would be to continue fighting to keep this lifestyle as opposed to exploring exploring a new way because change isn't always it shouldn't be considered a bad thing change can be a good thing and even though it's scary doesn't mean it's not the right thing to pursue so i guess with that this wraps up episode one of melaments and there will be more and i will feature my sister when i can figure out how to do it Thank you, and links will be in the show notes.